This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. Now, do you consider yourself a gig worker? Well, if you don't have a permanent full-time contract, or even if you do, but still do some freelance work on the side, guess what? You are part of the freelance economy, the sharing economy, or more commonly known as the gig economy. Now, I moderated a panel discussion on the freelance economy last year, and that's when I realized that the definition of a gig worker now includes um, consultants, independent contractors, and professionals, as well as freelancers. So we're not just talking about your grab driver or grab rider anymore. A decent size of the Malaysian population are now gig workers. And this, from what I understand, is just the beginning, my friends. Now, the gig economy has a huge role to play in the future of work. And to give us all the details on what we can expect in this fast-paced gig world, I have online with me today General Manager of Fast Gig, Joelle Pang. Joelle, welcome to Resource Centre. Thank you for the invitation, Audrey. So, Joel, before we get into it, uh, was I correct about my definition of what a gig worker entails now? It's, it's everyone, your professionals, everyone who doesn't have um, a steady, permanent, full-time contract is now considered a gig worker. Is that accurate? Yeah, Audrey, I think you have already uh, taken up like you know, the first of my talking <laughs> point. That's a perfect definition. And, you know, I think that uh, gig work has expanded into something that is, you know, really like what you mentioned beyond uh, what we know of uh, gig workers, like your Grab drivers or even your food delivery rider drivers. And it has expanded to uh, jobs in the professional as well as the non-executive segments. So definitely an, an extremely exciting space and is set to grow at an accelerated pace, especially here in Malaysia. So now this all started, uh, I don't think we can blame the pandemic. I think it was already on the rise. But, you know, the COVID-19 kind of exacerbated the need for us to work remotely. And then when we work remotely, we start doing other stuff with the flexibility that we have. So how do you think um, gig economies um, and freelance work has otherwise transformed um, work around the world, the employment landscape in general, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on a global scale? Is there anything mm-hmm. that we're not thinking about other than the fact that COVID just accelerated everything? Yeah, so I think you're right. In fact, uh, something interesting is that the gig economy, especially here in Malaysia, is even higher than the global trend. Mm. So just some fun facts. Uh, right now in Malaysia, we are talking about 4 million um, already like gig workers in our Malaysia economy. And that's about 25% of Malaysia's workforce. And I think what's even more interesting and something that a lot of employers should definitely take note of is that 4 out of 10 of the currently... Um, employed in full-time full-time roles like people who are employed in full-time roles four out, of, four out of ten of them are thinking of uh, leaving their full-time jobs to move into the gig economy mm-hmm. um, so I think with just that said you can you can just start to imagine how our how the future of work and how our workplaces are going to change and Malaysia is really taking the lead um, when it comes to the growth of the gig economy so a lot of uh, exciting movements that's happening over here and I think that this is a great time uh, where workplaces need to start thinking about you know how do they how do they actually start building and developing their hybrid workforces their blended workforce comprising of you know full-timers part-timers freelancers just to continue 
continue their operational needs as well as to tap into some of the top talents uh, that you know are choosing to work remote and are based in different parts of the world even. Mm. No, Joel, I think I'm going to have to ask you to actually give us the details. You know, how will the gig economy affect the future of work, uh, affect the future of the workplace and, of course, the workforce? Give us some details. Definitely. So currently, um, as you know, I'm, I'm overseeing the growth of FastGig over here in Malaysia, where we are talking about a platform to help employers to tap into the freelance gig economy. So really, really transforming the way, you know, even employers and companies think about building up their workforce from, okay, you know, I have headcounts that I need to fill to right now, hmm, I have shifts that I need to fulfill. And how do we then do that with the gig economy? And like what you were talking about with the gig workers earlier, a lot of um, how they are operating as well is that it's no longer just about working your nine to five, nine to six, six days a week, especially in the non-executive segment. But what we are talking about is right now there is uh, some for some it's a connective surplus, and for some it's a surplus of time. And right now we are talking about how in the gig economy, uh, with fast gig focusing on the non-executive segment, we are talking about a few groups of um, our gig, what we call our gigas, mm-hmm. who we are now enabling to re-enter the workforce almost. So I think this is um, really where uh, we are thinking about how we can still allow um, groups of our job seekers who are affected by the COVID pandemic in different um, intensities and severities to still be connected to meaningful employment. Um, and if uh, and if, uh, if I may, I will share with you a few examples. Sure, sure. So, yeah, so I think that a lot of uh, the most common use case, I would say, is that um, a lot of employers are starting to think that it is the millennials and the Gen Zs that are no longer looking to go back into full-time employment and are opting for flexibility and independence by going to do almost like full-time gig work. Mm-hmm. And of course, while that is true, because um, like what you rightly put, the COVID pandemic has resulted in two and a half years, I would say, of quiet contemplation. I know there's quiet Mm. quitting, which we can talk all about later, but there is a quiet contemplation as well, where a lot of uh, your Gen Zs and Millennials are thinking about, you know, um, is the job that I was in, is the industry I was in really suitable for me? And what's my career trajectory? And I think a lot of them are shifting their priorities to family, to personal development, to a meaningful career. And this is the reason why you're starting to see how... um, even though our economy has opened up again, full-time employment has not came back in the way that we know. And secondly as well, it's a group of uh, job seekers who have unfortunately um, been retrenched or lost their jobs uh, as when the COVID pandemic was surging through um, the world, right? And I think they have started realising that full-time employment in certain industries um, that they used to view as an iron rice bowl is no longer as stable or as iron as they used as they as it used to be, and I think what they are looking at right now is um, instead of going and putting themselves back in this uh, nerve wracking interviews to get a job, they are actually able to look at freelance work where they do not need interviews um, and they are able to work and willing to work and they are actually able to earn a meaningful income for themselves as well. And thirdly, um, I think this is where uh, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about. We are talking about job seekers in maybe the B40 um, communities right. where they have um, often been taking on jobs in the manual services as well as semi-skilled industries. And they have been, I would say, sometimes disproportionately penalized by the COVID pandemic. And women as well, 
you know, um, where they have they have been given a lot of these caregiving duties. So in this B40 community, actually during the pandemic, um, a lot of the caregiving duties have shifted such that they are actually no longer able to contribute the six-day work week or mm. the nine-to-fives that they used to be able to because some of the, them have lost their in-laws, some of them has, have lost their parents in the pandemic and they have been taking on these caregiving duties themselves. But what is not stopping them is if I have three days a week free, if I have my weekends free, if I, if I have my evenings free, how do I still use the surplus of time that I have on my hand to still earn a better livelihood and income for myself and my family? And I think this is the uh, group of job seekers that FastGig in particular is looking to uplift their livelihoods for and also continue to you know, um, help them connect to jobs with, I'll say, dignity and uh, meaning. Yeah. Right. So that's from a job seeker or, or giggers a point mm-hmm. of view. But what about uh, from an organizational point of view? I can mm-hmm. I can imagine companies having to, because of the trend and because of this demand for gig work and you know flexibility, right? I can imagine companies would want to. Well, we'll need to have to change um, the structure uh, of your workforce, you know, uh, how they hire, how they retain talent. And also, they're yes. also um, I've heard of some companies actually just using a bulk of freelance workers. They have like a contingency yes. workforce. So can you talk to mm-hmm. us about what organizations need to think about um, with this shift to uh, the gig economy? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think you might have recalled this uh, very popular like uh joke almost that was going around on LinkedIn, on Facebook and all, um, asking the question of, so what do you think created uh, the the strongest wave of tech transformation? Is it the CEO, the CTO or the C19? <laughs> <laughs> you see, I, I'm sure you yeah. remember that. Yes, yeah. yes. And I think, and I think that this is, is it's a great time, right? Because uh, we are at the, we are at the almost a pivotal uh, moment of, of the, of the future of work or the I would say the current present state of work, where we really need to think about how um, how it is that you know job seekers want to return to the workforce, as well as um, the current circumstances that employers are still facing. So I think you know with uh, with employers and companies, it's not all you know doom and gloom. I would say when it comes to the gig economy rising, and um, I would say that one thing that I will always um, encourage uh, our clients, companies you know who are hiring, is to really embrace. Um, the gig economy, because it's just like how I would say about four or five years ago, um, everything was talking about the millennial, hiring the millennials, right? And I would say that right now, five years down the road, conversations and topics are all around the gig economy because that this is the new sunrise, um, the sunrise segment, you know, of mm. the of the workforce. And I think that there's just so many benefits that um, employers and companies can also uh, look to look to enjoy by engaging the gig economy. So I think, Audrey, uh, Audrey, what you shared earlier is that, you know, with the contingency workforce, um, the the term itself tells you that this is really a hybrid, almost like a buffer workforce, Mm. because a lot of of companies have also just came out of uh, two and a half very, very challenging years. Most companies, not all, but most of them. And I think that having having this contingency workforce or hybrid workforce where you have both full-timers as well as uh, freelancers is really a good great way for employers to to manage their risks while still you know fulfilling the operational um, demands that is happening now that the economy has opened up so think about you know having um, an extra uh, 20% 
of you know operation your operational workforce on weekends um, over the Christmas and New Year's and and during the Chinese New Year, and I think this is a this is a great way where you can look at um, where you can look at you know just managing the seasonality and fluctuations of your workplace requirements, and similarly as well uh, when it comes to even like um, uh, I would say the more executive roles where you're talking about office roles. If you were to also engage in a hybrid workforce where um, maybe say 30 or 40% of your workforce, um, most of them are now working from home and you're engaging freelancers, that also means that you will need to be investing less in workspaces. Mm. So that is um, more savings on on rental and creating a, a workplace. So I would say gone are the days where you're creating um, mega offices with you know, in-house pantries, playgrounds, swimming pools, just to make everyone feel like they have to stay in their offices all the time. Yeah. And I think that that has um, changed quite significantly. And I would say that right now, why this feels like um, is uh, our economy is ripe for workplace transformation is that, you know, um, having been uh, the general manager for Fast Jobs, uh, you know, starting out here uh, back in 2017, a lot of what we used to do was to, you know, connect employers and our job seekers in the non-executive industries like F&B, retail, hospitality, manufacturing, to meaningful full-time employment opportunities. Mm. And, you know, I would say that back then, um, speaking with our employers and, you know, um, in a way convincing them that engaging freelancers to take on, you know, roles like uh, your store associates, cashiers or baristas, it seems like impossible because the, the, the thought of just having maybe potentially a different person showing up for work every day yeah. is just too daunting, right? Mm. But right now, because of how the pandemic and the reopening of the economy has uh, caused the squeeze on I would say, uh, the number of job seekers coming back to work, um, our employers are now starting to think about how they can be the pioneers and the first movers in terms of developing their hybrid workforce, um, their blended workforce, right? Mm. Because um, it is now almost a, a race to, to be ready for the future of work, which right. is um, going to be comprising of your contingency workforce, your full-timers, your, your freelancers. Mm. And um, I think that a lot of the conversations that we've been having have been um, so inspiring because, you know, when we share about the, the fast gig service of, you know, connecting our employers to a pool of uh, freelancers and gig workers, many of them have been extremely open and also just really working with us to, um, to think about how roles in the past that used to require long hours of uh, training and onboarding can be, you know, gigi fight where, you know, you can be just trained for half an hour to 45 minutes and you're ready to start working. And this is so, so exciting because we are we are really just expanding um, the definition of gig work. So Audrey, if maybe if you were to ask me a year from now, uh, is my definition of gig work correct? It would be like, okay, you know, it is this <laughs> plus, plus, plus. So we might as well just, just put a plus growing. behind it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joel, we're going to need to take a quick break for some messages right now. But when we come back, we will talk about how to prepare yourself as a talent for the gig workforce, as well as generational shifts and how that plays a part uh, in the employment landscape in the future. All that and more happening on Resource Centre. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Balanced Frank Medium, BFM 89.9. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. Online with me today, I have the general manager of Fast Gig, Joel Pang, and we've been discussing the gig economy and the future of work. Now, uh, Fast Gig is a flexi work platform officially launched by Fastco, which was recently rebranded from Fast Jobs. But I think jo- Joel, you're the best person to give us a rundown on on what's going on and about the rebranding as well and what uh, Fast Gig is working. On so please um, give us some details on this. So yeah, thanks for the question, Audrey. So yeah, we actually launched Fast Jobs as our flagship product. You know, as a as a job platform with a very simple vision of creating equal access to job opportunities for everyone. So what we've been doing for the past um, seven years is to really look at how we can connect you know job seekers in the manual services and semi skilled industries like retail, FMB, manufacturing, professional services to meaningful opportunities um, that our employers. Uh, have to offer and like what you rightly put uh, why fast gig and why now is that we have really seen how the COVID pandemic has uh, created an urgent need by our job seekers for flexibility and independence more than ever and I think that to continue living our vision of creating equal access to job opportunities for everyone we started looking at how we can continue to provide our job seekers with the flexibility that they need so that they can still gain um, access to meaningful employment and also to continue helping our employers to f- f- fulfill their operational needs by allowing them to tap into this pool of freelancers and mm. gig economy uh, workers. So that's how FastGig was born. And mm. of course, uh, FastCo is a creator of both FastJobs and FastGig. And we together, we help our employers to start thinking about and developing their blended workforce to mm. get them future, future ready. Right. I love that uh, line, blended workforce. I love that phrase. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Joel, before the break, you were talking to us about um, how FastGig is preparing uh, gigas for work in the gig economy, yes. you know, being part of a contingency workforce or doing ad hoc jobs uh, for companies that will need people to stand in uh, as and when necessary, right? But how does mm-hmm. one kind of prepare themselves um, or upskill themselves uh, to become a gig worker because um, you want to be adaptable, you want to be marketable to um, multiple employers. I mean, ideally, right? Definitely. So I think that that's a a great question because um, a lot of times uh, we are talking about how do we also create social mobility as well as labour mobility even for the gig economy. And I think that given the the acceleration of um, the growth of the gig economy, talking about things like um, upskilling and training and development within uh, the gig economy for gig workers is, is a huge topic as well. So of course, I think right now uh, with FastGig being in its uh, early days of you know just allowing our gigas to, to get access to I would say meaningful full-time, part-time, um, uh, you know, roles with our employers like Lotus, like Aeon, um, Patronas, etc. I think this is what we are going to be also thinking about, which is how do we start thinking about the shifts that they have completed as part of, you know, what we call the the um, R- RPE, which is the recognition of prior experience. Mm-hmm. And I think what our gigas and our employers can start, um, I think, getting excited about as well is to think about, um, is, is on how FastGig is already thinking about things like micro-accreditations um, and also to start getting uh, getting our gigas uh, who have been also quite committed and uh, working multiple shifts on our platform to, to be part of of what we call our fast gig plus 
community, you know, where um, they are they may be gig workers, but they have a track record of, you know, um, proven longer term commitment and also the the ability to stick to a certain role. And I think this is where we can start also um, working with employers to invest in, in roles which require longer term training, mm-hmm. uh, especially in industries like F&B and uh, maybe even hospitality, where we will, help, we will still help you and journey with you as an employer to, to work with our group of freelancers to upskill them and get them ready for the more, I would say, um, more technically, uh, technically, I would say, intense roles um, mm. in your organization. And I think that while that will take time, we are definitely on that trajectory. Right. Now, um, earlier on, you mentioned something about how, you know, there's this general perception that the millennials and the Gen Zers are the ones who are keen to dabble in mm-hmm. the gig economy. But that's not really essentially true. I think you're seeing interest from all generations, right? Yeah. Um, is, the, is the generational shift in the employment landscape um, affecting the gig economy in, in any other way? You know, do you have any interesting stats uh, or employment trends uh, that's been fueled by this generational shifts or this generational mm-hmm. divide that uh, that's in our workforce right now? Mm-hmm. I think definitely. So we are also starting to see that in uh, fast gig as well because we do have a few communities uh, or a few segments of uh, gigas uh, just like how I was sharing with you earlier. So we do have really the, the slightly more matured gig workers on our platform where we are starting to see um, them to uh, them committing uh, to our platform where they are freelancers but they are easily working as many shifts as uh, as a full-timer would you know on our on our fast gig mm. platform um, and this is really where we where after conversations with them we do realize that they are part of the gig economy because um, many of them have lost their jobs and the thought of just going back for interviews is 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 quite nerve-wracking. Or, you know, we have um, moms who are sharing with us, you know, some, um, I would say, some stories to really think about, which is how they have been penalised by the COVID, uh, the pandemic year gap, where, you know, in their resumes, they may have stopped working for six months to even two years. And they are not able to return back to full-time employment, even though they are fully, like, competent and they have um, all the skill sets and experience to offer. So we do see quite a lot of, um, uh, of our freelancers and um, I would say gigas who fall within that segment. But I would still say that there is, in fact, a huge generational um, shift as well because a huge pool of our gigas are within the ages of 25 to 44, which if you think about it, are your Gen Zs and also um, the millennials where, you know, back when, um, because I I started uh, in the the recruitment space, I think back in 2016, and a lot of what I was... uh, learning about uh, the millennial uh, job seekers mindset back then is how do I tell my truth? How do I like live my you know authentic mm. life even even at work? And you know but if you if you allow this you know group of uh, job seekers who who to to you know spend two years just quietly contemplating about what it is that they want to focus on, how do they want to grow their careers and then you were to couple it with you know um, kind of like the graduate unemployment that we are facing in Malaysia and the nature of, you know, um, salary levels as well as opportunities that um, are in Malaysia right now. I think that definitely a lot of them are saying like, hey, you know, um, I, I still need time to think about what it is that I really want to do. But, you know, I still need to I still need to earn an income. So let me just uh, opt for the 
of a rose in the gig economy mm. first um, while I start exploring, you know, um, what is it that I really want to do. And I think that this is, uh, this is another topic that was... Um, that was in uh, in the media quite a bit a uh, couple months back, which is, is Malaysia facing a brain drain, mm. right? And I think this is also where uh, we have to um, recognise that, you know, even uh, with, with the rise of the gig economy, uh, remote working, a lot of our, I would say, a lot of our um, Gen Z and millennials here in Malaysia are also, you know, doing amazing work with, companies that are not even based out of Malaysia yeah, from the comforts yeah. of their own home. Um, and some of them have also uh, opted to, to run their own small, like, you know, home business uh, just to, just to um, you know, do something that, uh, that, that they feel is their own. And many of them are not choosing to come back, you know, to the full-time workforce, even though the economy has, has opened. So definitely, I would say that uh, just understanding um, the, the mindsets and, and the motivators of the Gen Zs and the millennials, um, it will give quite a lot of, uh, I would say, quite a lot of insight as to how they are responding to the economy opening up right now and their... And their um, the impact on them when mm. when it comes to the kind of like full time roles and opportunities that uh, Malaysian employers offer. Yeah. Right. Now, uh, Joel, it's about time for us to wrap up. But before uh, mm-hmm. I let you go, I have to ask you about those who will not be part of the gig economy, um, the professionals who have full-time jobs, uh, the professions that do not allow for this kind of flexibility mm-hmm. or for a side hustle, um, you know, how will this affect this talent pool and how will it affect yeah. companies that employ them as well? Um, can you give us a bit of insight into what you see happening in the future as the gig economy continues to thrive? Mm-hmm. I think, Audrey, uh, so going back to your topic you know which is which is a great one i think that there are two clear groups of uh, freelancers that you have mentioned one being the um professional, you know, highly experienced with like 18 years of experience, the consultants, the, the uh, PR advisors. And interestingly enough, uh, those jobs are already um, gigified. Those jobs are already, yeah, gigified. Yeah, I was just <laughs> going, I was trying to think of a word, but thanks for using that. Yeah. And there are actually freelance opportunities, um, contract roles uh, that, uh, that last for, you know, three months to six months uh, for professionals already. Mm. And in fact, uh, a huge, um, a huge, pool of interest actually came from professionals, you know, when we first launched FastGig, uh, where I have like some of my very, very experienced uh, friends asking me like, hey, you know, Joel, do you have uh, roles for like a three-month consultant or a three-month uh, CFO type roles on your platform? And we are like, hey, you know, we are currently focusing on the non-executive operational roles for now. But there are actually a lot of uh, companies who are um, starting to explore uh, freelance um, freelance opportunities for professional roles already. In mm. fact, um, our work with uh, Patronas um, Dagangan Berhad is uh, very much on helping them to build a contingency workforce around engaging um, highly experienced uh, professionals in the digital and tech space. Mm. So I think that that is, um, that is really, I would say, uh, quite an amazing, um, I would say, progressiveness that we are experiencing from employers. And of course, I think the second, uh, the second group of uh, job seekers um, or, or job roles that you just mentioned, which are how do we um, start gigifying uh, jobs that 
don't really allow for uh, remote work, right? And I think this was a huge challenge because like um, a lot of our employers started asking us like, okay, we could engage, you know, um, freelance professionals to help take the load off our uh, full-timers and we can we can engage them because most of them want to work remotely, work from home. But how do you get a cashier to work from home? <laughs> right? And how do we start uh, alleviating, you know, the, the workload on our full-timers who are in full-time operational customer-facing roles? And I think this is where the um, where thinking out of the box really helped. And I think this is how uh, we have also been um, thinking about what is the benefit that FastGate can provide for employers uh, with a majority of roles that are, that are 100% work from workplace mm. and not mm. work from home. And it is really to supplement your workforce with a group of freelancers and really transit into this blended workforce because if your full-timers are going to be overloaded with uh, with tasks, whether they are repeatable or whether they are meaningful, um, it's going to be a matter of time before you lose the remaining or the handful of full-timers that you have um, on your on on your payrolls as well. So for roles that are going to be very difficult to um, to turn into remote jobs, this is where we always um, uh, work with our employers to bring in freelancers to help take off the, the, the load and stop overworking their full-timers and also to provide a better uh, customer experience for, for their customers while walking in to yeah. their to their restaurants or to their shops as well. So I think this is really how we are thinking about um how the gig economy can really start shaping up the future of work. And I will say that uh, if I know everything, it wouldn't be as exciting as um, as I, I see it to be right now. But I'm always yeah. happy to see where the journey takes us. Right. Joel, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. For more information on FastGig, um, is there a website that we can go to? How can we explore? Mm-hmm. So definitely uh, do check us out at fastgig.my That's F-A-S-T-G-I-G dot M-Y Or you can just uh, whip out your smartphone and, and, and search for FastGig to, to have a feel of how our app looks like And maybe book a shift or two and, and give it a go Right And if you missed out on any part of this show You can go look for the podcast on our website That's bfm.my You can also find all our podcasts on the brand new BFM app That's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play I've been speaking with Joelle Pang, General Manager of Fast Gig. My name is Audrey Raj, and this has been Resource Center on Enterprise BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.